أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم آية نمبر 19 يا أيها الذين آمنوا O you who have believed Who is being addressed? The believers And what does that mean? What does that mean? It concerns us And when Allah says يا أيها الذين آمنوا Then an ordinary instruction is being given Yeah? An important command is being given Important instruction is being given. A prohibition is being given. Over here, prohibition. What is the prohibition? That لا يحل لكم It is not halal for you. It's not lawful for you. What? أن ترثوا النساء That you inherit women كرهن by compulsion. ترثوا from وراثة وراثة يرثوا to inherit. So it is not allowed for you to take women as inheritance by compulsion. Meaning you're forcing this on them. That you are inheriting the women. When? When their husbands or when their guardians have passed away. Now this does not mean that just as a house of a dead person is inherited by an individual, likewise his wife is also inherited by an individual. That a person takes ownership of his house and he also takes ownership of his wife. So he says, now you're my wife. This did happen in some cases. But what the ayah is referring to is taking guardianship of the woman by force. That a woman becomes a widow and her dead husband's brothers or cousins or whoever, they come and they assume authority over her. And as a result, now they decide everything about her. If she gets married to someone or she doesn't get married to someone. If she is going to stay in a house or she's going to go somewhere else. If she's going to own something or not own something. They assumed complete authority over her. They took complete guardianship of her. And karhan, by compulsion, the woman would not like it. I mean, who would like that a strange man or her dead husband's brother comes and says, now go here and don't get married and go marry this one and don't do this. And I mean, she's an adult woman, a woman who is independent. It is her choice to make her own decisions. When it comes to a young girl who's a virgin, who's never been married, for her, her decisions are made by the guardians. But for a widow or a divorced woman, she makes her decisions herself. And especially if a woman owns some property, whether previously married or not, then she is the one who decides concerning her property. She is the one who has control. She has authority. So over here, the men are being prohibited that do not assume complete guardianship of a woman by compulsion. Now in pre-Islamic Arabia, the deceased heirs would inherit the property of the deceased person, and they would also take full responsibility of his wife or wives, as well as daughters. So for example, they would by force marry them. You know, the woman did not want to marry her brother-in-law, but he would be like, no, you have to become my wife. And everybody would force her into that marriage, and she would have no choice but to marry him. And it was forced upon him. Or for example, the daughter. She will be forced into marriage with someone because the uncle is saying, you have to, you have no choice. Or the grandfather is saying, you have no choice. You understand? Complete authority, dominance over them. And sometimes it would be done in different ways. That for example, the woman would be confined to the house. Or the daughters would be just left in the house and they would not be allowed to get married at all. Why? Because they were afraid that if they get married somewhere else, and they're going to take their property with them. We just want them to stay here so that when they die, this property becomes whose? Ours. This is what they wanted. 
So Allah says, it is not allowed for you to take women in this manner, karhan by force. Because when it comes to a woman's marriage, or her property, a decision concerning her life, okay, then you cannot force it on her. She has a right in the decision making. Because if a nikah is forced on a woman, then that's not nikah. A woman complained to the Prophet ﷺ about how she was forced into marriage with someone and the Prophet ﷺ immediately annulled that marriage. He finished it. So a woman cannot be forced into a marriage. This is why karhan is said. وَلَا تَعْضُلُوهُنَّ And do not make difficulties for them. Why would you make difficulties for them? لِتَذْهَبُوا So that you can take بِبَعْضِ Some of that which مَا آتَيْتُمُوهُنَّ That which you have given them. That you make life so difficult for them that they want to get out of that situation and as a result they return to you whatever you gave them. What does this mean? The word تَعْضُلُوهُنَّ is from عَضَلَ And عَضَلَ is to prevent, to stop, to hinder someone. How? By making difficulties for them. That for example, if you know you want to go somewhere with your friends and you say, mom, can I go? She says, I'm not driving you, you can walk all the way. It's a half an hour walk and it's freezing outside. Why do you think your mom is saying you can walk? She doesn't want you to go. right? Or if she says, yeah, you can go after you're done all your chores. You know that it's going to take you a whole day. You won't be able to complete your chores and then go. Why is she making that difficulty for you so that you can't? Go. Alright? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, this is what adala is. So Allah says to the men, that O men, do not make difficulties for who? For the women. Do not make life difficult for them. Many husbands are guilty of this crime. Where they make lives of their wives so difficult, so miserable, that the women desperately want to get out of that relationship. And they will do anything to get out of it. You know, domestic abuse is involved, right? Or for example, a woman is not allowed to come out of her room. She's not allowed to go out of the house. She's not allowed to drive. She's not allowed to study. She's not allowed to call. She's not allowed to use the computer. She's not allowed to meet her family. Her family is not allowed to come to her house. These kind of difficulties are imposed upon women. And dear sisters, it happens today. Why do some men do this? To take advantage of the woman. Especially, what's the reason mentioned over here? So that you can take some of that which you have given them. What have the men given to the wives? The mahar. Now if the man divorces the wife, then what did we learn earlier? That he cannot take back the mahar. She takes the mahar with her. But if the woman seeks divorce... If the divorce is initiated by her, because she doesn't like him, she doesn't want to be with him, she's not happy with him, then in that case, she has to give back the mahar. Isn't that so? Now some men, they don't like their wives. They're just off them now. They're bored of them. Or they just don't get along with them. Or the wife has done something which they can never forgive. Or they're interested in someone else. Whatever the story is. And if they divorce the woman then they will look so evil. Oh, did you see? That so-and-so man, so-and-so brother, he divorced his wife. They will look so evil. So then what do they do? They make the life of the woman so difficult, you can't go here. Why? I said so. I said so. You can't do this. Why? I said so. And if the woman you know, speaks up or something, she is physically abused. Basically, 
she is deprived of her rights so much so to the point that she says i want to get out of it i don't care if i have children with him i don't care if after divorce i'm all by myself i just want to get out of this relationship this is like a living hell for me doesn't it happen with so many women that they're desperate they're desperate and they just want to get out of that relationship and then what do they do they will give the mahar back to the man and then what will everybody believe she took the divorce do you see what i mean so this way the man doesn't look bad he's getting the money back all right and she's so bad she's so evil she left the house look she ruined her family so this is basically men manipulating the woman men abusing the rights that they have been given or abusing the law of allah you understand misusing the law of allah and many people do this so allah says do not do this do not make life difficult for her just so that you can get some money from her how ridiculous is that illa except only one situation where a man is allowed to do this that he doesn't give divorce until she asks for divorce and that is ayatina that they commit bifahishatin mubayyina clear evident outward indecency what does this refer to fahishatin mubayyina fahisha we learned earlier is used for zina that a man sees his wife committing zina now we learned earlier that four witnesses have to be brought right Now a man he cannot bring witnesses and if he's seeing his wife committing such a night you think he's going to call other men to witness i mean it's not going to happen right and if he cannot prove her guilty how can he continue to live with her if he knows that his wife is cheating him and it happens today if a man knows that his wife is cheating him then how can he live with her he wants to get rid of her now if he divorces her what's going to happen she's going to take the mahar right and at the same time she is the one who is guilty you understand so is it fair for the husband that a he loses a wife and b he loses the money too is it fair it's not fair right because in this situation who's misusing the law the woman do you see what i mean so in that case the husband has a right to make life a little difficult for her not that he abuses her and hits her and whatever no there are other laws that are present to guide the men okay but he has the right to do that so that the wife wants to get out of that relationship and for that she will give the mahar all right illa an yatina bi fahishatin mubayyina now fahisha over here has been understood as zina it has also been understood as su'ul ashara that when a woman does not you know behave well with him she does not treat him nicely she does not give him the due respect she does not live with him in a good manner she does not live like a spouse lives like a wife lives you know for example if the husband says so what are we having for dinner today i don't know why are you asking me to make dinner make it yourself i'm not your servant what do you think you are who do you think you are and if the husband says anything is my laundry done what how dare you ask me like she treats him as if he's a kid do you see what i mean she treats him as if he is a nobody and it happens it happens where the men are being oppressed by their wives this happens as well where the men are being abused by their wives i'm not saying physically 
but in another way. So, if a woman behaves like this, she does not treat him like a husband, she does not give him the due respect, she does not listen to him, he says, do not do this, and she does it anyway. He says, do not speak to this person, because when you speak to them, you end up saying things that you should not say, or they end up influencing you in the wrong way. It's not a good relationship that I see between the two of you. So if he says, and she doesn't listen, whatever. Or if she's doing drugs, she's smoking or something, and he says, don't do it. If you do it, I'm not going to be happy at all. But she does it anyway. Whatever rules he tries to set for her, for the family, for the well-being of the children, she disregards him completely. Then in that case, he has a right to get rid of her. And if he wants to, if he divorces her, then again, she's going to take the mahal with her. It's not fair. He loses her, and he loses the mahal. So in that case, he can make life a little difficult for him, in the ma'roof manner, until she will seek divorce and return the mahal. Otherwise, Allah says, وَعَاشِرُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ And live with them in a manner that is approved. عَاشِرُوهُنَّ عَاشِرُوهُنَّ This is from مُعَاشَرَ عَيْنْ شِينْرَ And مُعَاشَرَ This involves two groups. That both parties are living with one another In what manner? In a manner that is approved, approved by the Islamic law, approved by the society, by the family, by the culture. Both have to live in a good way. Because some women, they expect their husbands to be very good, and they can do whatever they want. And some men expect their wives to be very good, and they can do whatever they want. Isn't it so? That people are always demanding their rights and neglecting their duties, their responsibilities. So Allah says, عَاشِرُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ That this is both-sided. The man has to live with the woman in a good way, and the woman has to live with the man in a good way. The husband has to treat her like a wife, and she has to treat him like a husband. Both respect one another, are good to one another, are affectionate towards one another, responsible for each other, caring towards one another, because this is only how a relationship can survive. And مُعَاشْرَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ is in three ways. First of all, through قَوْلِ That when you speak, speak decently, speak respectfully, speak in a nice way, even when you argue. Don't argue with your husband like you would argue with your brother. Okay? If When you're asking them to do something, don't ask them to do it as you would ask your younger brother. Did you do the garbage? Why didn't you do it? How many times have I told you? This is not correct. Don't speak to him like you would speak to somebody else. Qawl, likewise the husband, when he should speak to her in a nice manner. You know, some people, they are boss at work and they're boss at home. They keep the same kind of demeanor everywhere they go. They treat their wife the same way they will treat their co-workers. Or they will treat people who are under them in work. This is not the correct way. Or for example, a woman will treat her husband like she will treat her friend. And then the husband gets offended. Remember that men, all men, whether Muslim or not, have uh, something known as ego. This is built in. This is within their fitrah, you can say. They hate being disrespected, especially by women. They hate being disrespected. They cannot tolerate that. And they want to be, you know, the the hero. Okay? I was watching this video by Sheikh Yasu Qadin, which he was mentioning about you know, if there's a leaky faucet or something, don't say to your husband that, you can't do it. You're going to do it? You can't figure that out. Never say that. Even if he doesn't know how to use, you know, a screwdriver, and you're better at it, but still, don't discourage him. 
Don't give that message to him that you're nothing. You can't do anything. You're not good enough for me. Never get that message across to him. Never at all. So, عَشِرُهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ So first of all, in words. Secondly, in action, in fairl. Fairl also has to be ma'roof. And thirdly, badl, spending on one another. You know some women, they just want their husbands to spend on them. Occasionally, you should also give a gift to him. No harm. Women are always looking at how much money their husbands are making. I mean, if you're making money, or if your husband gives you money, then come on, it's Eid, get him a gift. It's okay. Or you know that he really, really wants a nice car wash, so get him a car wash coupon. It's okay, relax. You know, you can also spend on your husband. He's spending so much on you, you can also do that. So, عَاشِرُهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ Then Allah says, فَإِنْ كَرِهْتُمُهُنَّ Then if you dislike them, the men are being told that if you dislike your wives, كَرِهْتُمُ from كَرَاهَ You dislike them. Let's say a man, you know, his mom told him that I found someone very beautiful for you and she's the perfect fit for you. And he says, mom, whatever you say, I agree. You decide who I should marry. Okay. He's in a different country, she's in a different country. Now he comes and they get married and when he sees her, he's like, "Um, okay, decent, but I mean, I'm not really a fan. You know, if he says that I don't really like her, the way she looks or the way she talks or the way she behaves, it's possible that eventually he is repulsed by her for whatever reason. Like he doesn't like her. It happens in many Muslim families that the man has never seen the woman until the day of the marriage. Never seen her. But we learn that in the sunnah what is recommended? That before a man gets married to a woman, he must see her. Even if she wears naqab, he has the right to see her face. You know that? Even if she wears naqab. So, let's say nothing like that happened and then he ends up getting married and he later realizes, big mistake. But how can things be undone when they've gone so far? And he tries to talk to his mother and she says, what are you talking about? It's going to be so bad, you know, if you divorce her and you can't just divorce her over her looks. But he's like, really, I don't like her. I just don't. It's possible, right? Or... It's possible that at the beginning they loved one another and then eventually when she became pregnant and she bore children and her body was not as beautiful as it was before or she became a little you know, impatient because of the difficulties that she's going through, the stress that she's bearing. So he's like, I can't tolerate her. I can't tolerate her attitude. I mean, if it's a friend, you can avoid them. If it's a sibling, again, you can avoid them. But how can you avoid your spouse? You can't, right? So Allah says, فَإِن كَرِهْتُمُوهُنَّ Even if you dislike them, there's something about them that really annoys you, turns you off. كَرِهْتُمُوهُنَّ Then, فَعَسَىٰ أَن تَكْرَهُ شَيْئًا It's quite possible that you dislike something. وَيَجْعَلَ اللَّهُ فِيهِ خَيْرًا كَثِيرًا But Allah makes in it much good. That it's possible you don't like that individual at all, but Allah puts so much good in them, in that relationship that you have with them, that you get benefits through that relationship that you never expected, you never imagined. And it has happened with many people, that where a woman hates something about her husband, but she tolerates, she accepts. She's like, never mind, it's okay. Life is not perfect anyway. Everyone has their imperfections. So she tolerates the imperfections, no matter how much she dislikes them. But that relationship proves to be so good for her. Let's say the husband is extremely ugly, but he is very caring, or he is, gives her the freedom to do whatever she wants. 
He supports her in her studies, in her work. She is very successful in that. Likewise, a man does not like his wife at all. Physically, whatever, mentally, whatever the difference is, he just does not like her. But he still tolerates her. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses him with the most beautiful, obedient child. It's quite possible. So what's the lesson over here we learn? The lesson is that it's not necessary that you like everything that is in your life. Right? It's not necessary that you like and you love everything that happens to be in your life. There will be things you like, there will be things that you don't like. People, circumstances, objects, place that you live, whatever. Some you like, others you don't like. And this is the reason why there has to be some level of tolerance. You have to tolerate some people. You have to tolerate some places. You have to tolerate some things. You have to tolerate some circumstances. Because if you don't tolerate, my dear sisters, you can't survive anywhere. And this is the reason why we see the divorces have become so common. So common. People have zero tolerance. You know, my wife, her nose is like this. I just don't like her nose. And talaq, talaq, talaq. My husband, he failed. He hasn't even completed his degree. He's a university dropout. Such a loser. He doesn't even have a car. I can't live with this man. But you made that decision yourself. Yeah, I was young, I was naive, I didn't know any better. I can't tolerate him anymore. You have to tolerate. You know, a marriage is not a small contract. It's a major contract. It's not a small contract. It's very major. It doesn't come about easily and it should not be broken easily either. It's a commitment that you've made. And when you've made a commitment with someone or something, there will be times when you will not like something. Where things will be against your wishes, against your desires. Now just because something goes against your desire does not mean you cut it off. This is just like a person who has people working for him. And if someone doesn't do their job on time, or is late a day, or you know does something wrong, Fire, 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 fire. Who will he be left with? No one. Who will do his work? No one. He will constantly be in that stage of, you know, getting new people and training them and firing them. Is his business going to succeed? Not at all. Now, habits, you can tolerate. You don't like the way someone eats. You don't like the way they clean their teeth. You don't like the way they make their hair. You don't like the way they dress up. You can tolerate these things. But when it comes to, for example, salah, for ibadah, you're trying persistently to guide them to the right way, but they're not listening. Then in that case, do you have the right to seek divorce immediately or to give divorce? Again, one should be patient. Give time. Think about how long you took. Make dua for them. Keep trying. Eventually a time will come. And as long as it doesn't affect you, in the sense that they're not stopping you. You know, think about the persecution that Asiya went through. Her husband persecuted her so much. As long as you're not committing kufr, you should tolerate them. And you should help them get better. And there are many examples, many stories of how women have helped their men become righteous and men have helped their women become righteous. But these days there's so much intolerance that a woman, if she does not cover her face, she's given a choice between divorce and niqab. You know, either you wear niqab or you're divorced. I've seen this myself. That where a girl is being forced, and numerous examples, not just one, numerous examples I've seen, where a woman is being forced to do something against her will. 
she covers her head, she wears an abaya. I mean, she doesn't know she should wear niqab or her heart is not settled at it. Okay, there's an opinion that it's wajib, but there's also an opinion that it's mustahab. So if she's not willing, you can't force her and you can't threaten her with divorce for God's sake. This is not something that means that you should divorce her. And so much difficulty is created. You can't step out of the house until you put it on. You can't go in front of your brother-in-law until you put it on. And you can't just wear a colored hijab. You have to wear the big black surdi one. Even though you may have a headache. Even though you may bump into things because you can't see. Because people are different, right? So this kind of intolerance is something that is not correct in any kind of relationship. Children make mistakes. You tolerate. Students make mistakes. Tolerate. Neighbors make mistakes. Tolerate. If you start calling the cops and every little thing, you won't be able to do anything in your life. Other people will run away from you. You'll be left alone. So this is a very important lesson that we learn. And always remember, there might be something that you hate about the other individual, but still Allah has placed much good in them. Look at the brighter side. That, okay, if they don't go to the masjid five times a day, at least your husband prays salah. Okay, you've been after him. Study the Qur'an, study the Qur'an, study the Qur'an for years and years. At least be grateful that he recites the Qur'an. Or at least be grateful that he lets you study. Do you see what I mean? And gradually the time will come. It will come. We forget how long we took and we want other people to change overnight. So tolerance has to be there. وَإِنْ أَرَدْتُمْ And if you intended, from the word irada to intend, if you intended, the men are being addressed, إِسْتِبْدَالَ زَوْجٍ To exchange a wife. مَكَانَ زَوْجٍ In place of a wife. Meaning, you have a wife. There's something that you dislike about her. What is a man advised? That he should tolerate her. But if it grows to a point where he's not able to. Do you see what I mean? It's quite possible, right? Some things you can tolerate, other things you can't. Like for example, the wife was extremely disrespectful. She hit the husband or she you know, said something extremely disrespectful to him or to his parents or to his siblings. And he tries to tolerate that. He tries to get over it. He tries to forgive her, but he just can't. He can't. He gives it time, but he just can't. And in that case, he's like, life has to move on. And it becomes so difficult that divorce has to take place. Alright? And this is the reason why the permission of divorce is there. If we were to only tolerate, then divorce would not be allowed. Do you see what I mean? And remember that life is not a fairy tale. Okay? Where two people love one another, eventually a time comes where they're not in love with one another. And they've accepted it. Or where a man was very happy with his wife, a day comes when he just doesn't want her in his life anymore. Or the wife doesn't want him in her life anymore. So if it's gotten to such a point, a man wants to divorce his wife and instead take another wife, وَآتَيْتُمْ And you gave إِحْدَاهُنَّ one of them. Which one of them? The one whom you intend to divorce. You gave her at the time of marriage, قِنْطَارًا What is قِنْطَار? A great amount. We have done this word earlier. You have given her a great amount as mahr. Then when you're divorcing her, فَلَا تَأْخُذُوا مِنْهُ شَيْئًا Do not take anything from it. Meaning, she hasn't committed a fahisha because of which you're divorcing her. 
there's other reason and you have decided to divorce her and at the time of marriage you gave her a qintar Allah says do not take anything of it not half of it not a quarter of it not any fraction of it you can't take any of it فَلَا تَأْخُذُوا مِنْهُ شَيْئًا أَتَأْخُذُونَهُ would you take it بُهْتَانًا in injustice وَإِثْمَ مُبِينًا and manifest sin بُهْتَانًا is from the root letters بَهَتَ and بُهْتَانًا is a false accusation Remember the word buhita? فَبُهِتَ الَّذِي كَفَرُ He was dumbfounded. Because when someone is accused, they're dumbfounded. They're like, what? I never did that. I never said that. So if a man is deciding to divorce his wife, but he wants the mahar back from her, all of it or part of it or fraction of it, whatever, but he knows he can't take it legally, so he says, you know, she hangs out with other men. I don't like that. She's a niqabi, a hijabi. And you're saying she hangs out with other men. Bhutan. Some men go to the point of accusing their wives of being lesbians. Yes. Bhutan. Allah says you'll take it through Bhutan. Wa isma mubina and a clear sin. Meaning you know you're doing wrong. You have no right over that wealth. You're falsely accusing her just so that you don't look bad and you can get some money. Isma mubina. وَكَيْفَ تَأْخُذُونَهُ And how can you take it back? How dare you take it back? How can you even think of taking any part of that mahr back? وَقَدْ أَفْضَى بَعْضُكُمْ إِلَى بَعْضُ While you have gone in unto one another. أَفْضَى is from the root letters فَا ضَاد يَا And أَفْضَى بَعْضُكُمْ Some of you have reached إِلَى بَعْضُ to others. Meaning you have reached one another to an extent that none reaches except a spouse. This is referring to the intimate relations between a man and woman. Meaning you have been alone with one another, you have gained much pleasure, you have had a lot of good time. How can you even think of accusing her falsely just to take some money from her at this point? How could you even think of doing it? You've benefited from her. And when you've benefited from her, then you have to give her the mahr. You can't take it back. So how can you? وَأَخَذْنَا And they took minkum from you مِثَاقًا غَلِيظًا A solemn covenant. Mithaq covenant. And غَلِيظ Very strong. Very shadid. Meaning, at the time of nikah, they took from you a very solemn covenant because the contract of nikah, like I mentioned earlier, is not an ordinary one. It's a very strong one. It doesn't happen easily. The guardian has to be there. The witnesses have to be there. Right? Ijab and qubul have to be done. So there's so many conditions of nikah. So how can you go on and break it just like that? How can you go and break it just to get money? This is incorrect. Recitation. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu la yahillu lakum an tarithun نِسَاءَ كَرْمًا وَلَا تَعْبُلُوهُنَّ لِتَذْهَبُوا بِبَعْضِ مَا آتَيْتُمُوهُنَّ إِلَّا أَنْ يَأْتِينَ بِفَاحِشَةٍ مُبَيِّنَةٍ وَعَاشِرُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ فَإِنْ كَرِهْتُمُوهُنَّ فَعَسَاءً تَكْرَهُوا شَيْئًا 